So with our hands, we can do different things. With our hands, we can help or we can hurt. The same hand can give and can take away. The hand can help someone, you know, to, to lift him up or to push him down. If you leave your hands and control, that's dangerous because they become weapons. But if you manage them, if you offer them to God, they can become instrument of grace. When you surrender your hands to God, they become the hands of heaven. And you know, Jesus, when he came to earth, he surrendered his hand completely to his Father. Many people came to Jesus just expecting to be touched by him. Not only to hear his word, but to be touched by, by Jesus. Do you remember there is an episode where they brought their children, you know, to be blessed by, by Jesus? So people came to be touched by Jesus, and people who were touched by Jesus, they got changed. But no, none was probably changed who had been touched by Jesus more than, than the, unnamed, the anonymous leper we see in Matthew 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You see, this passage, also we can read about it, in Mark and Luke, but they don't tell me enough, and they don't tell you enough, because we still have a man without name, with no history, with no description. I'm going to use my imagination. This man could have been a single man, but I'm going to pretend that he was a, a married man, just for us to get the picture. It is safe to say that at one point in the past, before meeting Jesus, this man became sick. It is also safe to say that since that day, no one touched him. Because lepers in Israel were unclean, and they were separated from the rest. Imagine this man separated from his wife, from his children, from his friends. What you take for granted, he probably craved. Something as simple as a handshake. You know, handshakes. Something we do often. He couldn't touch another person's hand. A warm embrace of a relative or a touch, you know, Probably on, on, on the shoulder, a tap on the shoulder. 
to say, well done, you are doing well. Something you have received in your life. He couldn't have that sensation in his body anymore. Or to be caught in a crowd. You know, sometimes we go to sport events and long, uh, big crowds go there. Or you go to Sydney or to a big city, maybe Manila. And you are in the middle of the crowd. This person couldn't be part of the crowd anymore. Or something as beautiful as a kiss from his wife. All those things, one day in the past, they were taken away from him, from his world. From that day onward, he wasn't allowed on the streets. He became untouchable the day he was declared a leper. You see, there were physical consequences for the lepers back in the day. In New, in, in New Testament times, and even in Old Testament times, leprosy was a terrifying disease. It would render the body a mass of ulcers and decay. The fingers would become lumpy. The skin discolored. And they used to stink. So sometimes of leprosy would end up numbing, you know, the tip of the fingers. So what happened? People used to cut the fingers while working without noticing. An infection would penetrate in there, and they would start losing their limbs. It was terrible. Leprosy was an illness that used to kill people centimeter by centimeter, one bit at a time. And then we have the social consequences. They were as severe as the physical ones. You know why? Because, because they were considered contagious. Then they were isolated. They were banished to go to a leper colony. Has any of you ever seen Ben-Hur? You see in Ben-Hur, her sister and her mother, they become lepers, and they had to go to a colony. And at one point, when Judah came back, Judah met her and tried to hold the mother, she said, no, don't touch me. It was like that. And they, in the beginning, even in the movie, the sister and the mother would see Judah coming back home, but they didn't dare to come close to him. It was that bad, because probably this man, like many others, got infected by a condition he didn't even seek. He was rejected by friends, by family. He was avoided by people he didn't know. And in front of him probably was a future he couldn't even bear. A terrible life. And probably in the memory of this guy, this person we have here, this leper, was the day he was forced to face the truth of his condition. Because from that day onward, life, life wouldn't be the same again. You see, it is quite possible that at some point in the past, his fingers, as I said before, started becoming numb. And these people used to live in an agricultural 
um, society. They were farmers. So maybe imagine him holding the sickle to harvest the wheat and noticing that his grip was becoming weak and weak and weak, feeling nothing. Imagine the panic, the horror, the terror inside his heart, knowing that something wasn't right, that something bad was coming. And I would say that maybe he kept it secret for a while. But in a society like that, as I said, working would have been easy for him to cut one of his fingers. And maybe someone pointed out to him, you're bleeding. You're bleeding. Why didn't you notice? It was terrible. And the fateful day came when this man had to face the truth. And he had to go and see the priest. Because according to the law, people in this condition, they needed, if they knew that something like this was happening to them, they had to go to the priest to be inspected. And the priest was going to declare them clean or unclean. That was the rule. So I imagine this guy leaving his home, his family behind, to go to see the priest, not knowing if he was going to come back again or not. Heart pumping. And the priest examining him without touching him. And for this man, obviously, this is what was declared over him. You are unclean. You are unclean. You have no right to go back to your family. You have no right to be with other people. From now on, you are an outcast. You are separated from the rest. You are banished to a leper colony. And with those words, he lost his family, his friend, and his future. And you know, when I was thinking about this, I imagine him going back to his family and from far away telling them, I'm a leper. I have to go away. I'm not allowed to touch you anymore. And you are not allowed to touch me anymore. Can you give me food? I was imagining the wife bringing the food closer to him, but not close enough. And taking some step, step back. And just for this guy coming there, grabbing the food, looking at his family, knowing he wasn't allowed to live under the same roof again with them, and living with tears in his eyes, a broken man going to a colony. When we look back to what happened in those times, for us that seemed very harsh. Sending someone away, banishing him for the rest of their life from society is really, really harsh. But you know what? We do the same. We probably are not building colonies these days for lepers, even though there are some, but people can go there. It's a different world today. But you know what we do? We build walls. A person doesn't have to have leprosy to feel quarantine. 
to feel isolated. I don't know, maybe this has happened to you. Maybe you've seen people around you when you were growing up. Little Johnny was there playing. But little Johnny had a father who used to drink a lot. And at one point, probably little Johnny stopped being little Johnny. He, stopped, he started being the son of a drunk, the son of the drunk of the town. Things started changing. People started saying bad things about others. And this is what our society does. Oh, this is the daughter of a man in jail. Oh, oh this is a druggie. And we do that with our people in our society. And the worst thing is that sometimes we Christians do the same. We move away from people. We see them that like they are infected. That we are too holy. Jesus was holy and he was loving. And he was always close to people. You see, lots of people, they didn't create what happened to them. A bad choice of friends. And you became a drug addict. You started being an alcoholic. You married the wrong person. People feel bad and isolated. We have the divorce. The divorce knows the feeling. We have other people like the handicapped. Sometimes someone who is big, we don't want to sit next to that person and we tend to isolate them. And that is something very terrible that people have to go through life. What about being unemployed? In this country it's not too bad, but in other countries it's like a stigma. But even here, if someone is unemployed, people call them names. And maybe we've done the same in the past. Is that right? Is that compassionate? I don't think so. What about the less educated? People like that, on the streets, because they don't have a future. They start begging for money, and we ignore them. This is what our society is doing. And some people prefer to steer clear of unmarried moms. Oh, look, one kid from this person, and the other one from this person, and the other one. That's what we do in our society. We treat people like lepers. They become untouched. We don't want to touch them. But we, you know what? And sometimes, instead of trying to be there for them, what we say is, why should I carry a burden that is not mine? You know why? We avoid compassion. Because being compassionate is costly. So we keep our distance away from the depressed, away from the terminally ill, away from the drug addicts, from the people in alcohol. We move away from them. And as I said, we avoid compassion because being compassionate is costly. It demands, it demands time, it demands effort, it demands money. 
so we don't want to carry someone else's burden. We say, why should I do that? But we forget one thing. Jesus carried our burdens to the cross and on the cross. And even he's carrying us today because he's a compassionate God. Only God knows how many individuals are out there in voluntary ex exile. Maybe some people are there because they don't want to be touched. They fear rejection because they have been rejected so many times. And they are the lepers of this society we live in. So, going back to the leper. You see, with the passing of time, maybe his hands started becoming numb and numb and numb and worse than ever. And the tips of the fingers started to disappear. Maybe his nose, a part of his nose, part of his earlobe started disappearing. So that's why when we see some lepers, you see them covered, you know, in bandages, in rags, because they didn't want to be seen by others. What a sight. And what a heartache for those people feeling every day the fear in the eyes of other people, pointing, staring at them. So, as I said, they used to cover their bodies. How many nights, I wonder, this man was probably asking God, why me, God? While crying, saying, what did I do to deserve this? But there was no reply. People back in the day used to look at them, people with illnesses, and say, you're ill because of your sin. Oh, if you didn't sin, your parents did. That's why you are paying for it. So I was imagining the life of this guy, and I thought, what a tragic life to live without a future. Nothing, nothing on the sky. Everything was like overcast and dark for him. Until one day, until one day, he heard there was a man called Jesus that was preaching, that was healing people, that was changing lives. And then is when he decided, I'm going to do something about it. I'm just going to get close to him. I've got nothing to lose because he can reject me or maybe he can heal me. So I'm just going to go and see him. And now, in this part, He's watching Jesus descending from the hill with a crowd. Again, his heart is pounding in his chest, just looking and getting closer. And Jesus was getting closer and closer. And then he shows up and utters a few words. Lord, he says, Lord. And Jesus turned to him and saw the other people. They do the same. And I also imagine something there. Probably 
People start panicking, you know, and yelling and screaming and saying, unclean, unclean, and probably taking their kids away from that unclean person. Everybody is full of fear. But Jesus is full of love and compassion. And that's the way we should look at people if we have Jesus in our heart. Full of compassion. And then he takes a step towards the leper. And the leper speaks again. And he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And you know, this is the thing. The leper knows Jesus is able, but he doesn't know if he is willing. And he is willing. So there he is, expecting a word or a prayer. And Jesus moves closer, closer to him. And then Jesus does the unthinkable. He touches him. He touches the leper. No one has touched him for a long time. And all of a sudden, he felt this divine hand, hand touching his shoulder. How magnificent. How beautiful. It's like the time when you felt the touch of God for the first time in your life. When you and I came to him sick in the spirit, ill, unclean, and he didn't reject us. He touched us. And in touching this man, Jesus could have said some words before, but he goes there and touches him. Do you know why? Because he wants to honor that man. He wants to validate him. He wants to say, you are not a thing. You are a person, and I love you. That is the touch of God. The real touch of God. And Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. And what happened then? In an instant where there was numbness, now there is feeling. And where there was atrophy, now there is strength. strength and this man starts seeing that something is changing in him. And I guess he started removing the bandages and touching the nose. And the nose is there. And the earlobes are there. And everything is new. And his skin is like the skin of a baby. He's been healed by the power of God. But he was healed first, I think, in his heart by the compassion of God, too. And then Jesus said, go, go to the priest. Show yourself to him. Because he knew he was going to be declared clean. And you know, this is, this is very, very important. In those times, especially priests, they wouldn't touch a person in that condition. Because they were very careful with what he, they touched. Not only people, but things. You know, because they didn't want to get contaminated. So they didn't want the contamination to come to them. But in this case, when Jesus did this, his holiness 
his fullness went the other way. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He is pure. Nothing could contaminate Jesus. But whatever he touches is made new again. And you were made new again when he touched you. So, what happened with this man? His life has been turned upside down. And I guess he's just jumping for joy, running to see the priest. Because he knows everything is going to change from now on. After seeing the priest, he knows he's going to go to his family and say, I am a new man, I am, I've been healed. And we read in Luke and Mark that he started telling other people about this Jesus. So imagine this, a man like this, unworthy of the touch of a man, yet worthy of the touch of God. Isn't this beautiful? When I was preparing for this, I was thinking this is going to be more like story. Jesus used to teach through parables. And in essence, this is what this has been. But I want to tell you just a few more words before I finish. You see, the touch did not heal the disease. The infection was cast out by a word from Jesus. But the loneliness, the loneliness was treated by his touch. How important is the power of a godly touch? Haven't you experienced it? And I'm talking more than spiritually. God shows his compassion through people in this world, even sometimes when they are not Christian. What about the touch of the doctor when he was treating you? Or that nurse that took care of you when you were in hospital? What about the teacher? In primary school or preschool, who, uh, when you were crying, dried your teeth. A hand holding your hand at a funeral. Sometimes, without words, having that touch is something that can bring a lot of comfort to us. A handshake of welcome to a new job. A pastoral praying for healing when you need it. Can you offer the same? I know many of you already do. Some of you use your hands to pray over the ill, over the sick, the weak, the helpless. Maybe some of you are baking cakes, texting messages, saying, I am with you. I want to meet with you. I want to spend 10, 15 minutes with you. Let's have a coffee together. We have to do it. But you see, some of us tend to forget. And we, we don't do this. Because our hearts are good, but our memory is really bad. We forget how significant is a godly touch. We fear saying the wrong thing. You know, or using the wrong tone or acting in the wrong way. So what we do, we end up doing nothing. But I'm so glad that Jesus didn't make the same mistake. 
He was there for people all the time. And in this episode, he showed his big heart and compassion. You know, one thing for you to think. We have to see things from the perspective of the other people who are lowly, who are isolated. You know what? They are not picky. They are not fussy. They are just lowly. And they long for a godly touch, a touch that you and I can give. We are representing Jesus on this earth. And I just want for God to give us a more compassionate heart for those who suffer in this world. You might say, oh, in this country, yes, in this country, there are a lot of lonely people here that need our love. One short story. My father always used to say this, and I was little, probably I was two or three years old. In Chile, it was a custom for some people sometimes to go to the street and sing and preach on the street. And in one of these occasions, they saw this old homeless, bearded, bearded man, you know, sitting, asking for some money, and they were preaching there on the street. And someone decided to make a call of repentance. And this man got up, middle-aged man, got up and said, I want to follow Jesus. The story goes that someone from church, because this happened in the morning, said, I'm going to take him home. I'm going to give this man a bath. And we'll come to church tonight. And okay, so it was left like that. My father tells us, told the story that they, uh, he came to church at night and with all the people. And a young man was sitting in his 20 in one of the chairs. And he asked who was that young man sitting there. And they said, that's the man I took. The other brother said, that's the man I took to my house. I gave him a bath and he had a shave. It was a young man who had been living on the streets because he didn't have a family, he didn't have anything. Well, the church became the family. They took care of him. Some people would cook for him. Another brother said, I've got a little bedroom at the back, you know, and he can come to live with us. And that young man was so faithful, serving God. He did it for two, three years, and he got sick, a chest infection. He went to hospital, and he died there. Because of all those years he had been on the streets, his lungs were in good condition. But you know, this is the thing. Living on the streets, he could have probably died earlier. Living on the streets, probably he could have died alone, lonely. But now he had a community. He could have ended up in a tomb without a name. But he had a tomb with a name. And he had brothers and sisters 
who took him to the cemetery to say not goodbye. We'll see you later. This is the church. This is what we have to do. We are Jesus' body. When this man encountered Jesus, his world was, was changed and upside down. Well, we are representing Jesus. So we have to do the same for the ones around us. Jesus touched the untouchables of the world. Will you do the same? Please stand. Heavenly Father, thank you very much. Because you are not only able, but you are willing. And in this case, you were to heal this man. And thank you, Jesus, because we are your body. We are your hands. We are your feet. We want to be your heart. Dear Lord, give us a compassionate heart for the lost, for the outcast, for that person who we see at work that is a bit old, that person that is a bit strange, that person that doesn't seem to fit with the rest. Help us be you on this earth, going, walking towards that person, saying hello, having a conversation, spending time, being ready to go to someone who is asking for our presence over the phone, telling us, I need to speak to you. Help us to be available and ready and full of your love and compassion. Thank you, God, because I think this is not a message that is for the past, for that time when you were here. It's for today. There are so many people, even here, who have been hurt in the past, but I thank you because they have found people in their lives that are being willing, have been willing to spend time with them to tell them, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, and I love you too. We want to be a community of love. We want to be a community of compassion. We want to be a community that is willing to go the extra mile for other people. Help us do it. Empower us, Holy Spirit. We ask you in the name of Jesus.